hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I'm so, so happy this week. I tell you what, you know, one of the things that I talk about all the time and the one, and the thing that I help people with the most is moving them from I can't to I can. And this is a really big shift in people. That's it's also a little bit different though when you're you are told you can't by somebody else. And the guest I've got on today is absolutely fascinating, but she's also evidence that when somebody tells you you can't, don't believe that because you actually can. So today I've got with me Rachel Barcelona. Now she is incredible. Well, let me tell you a bit about her and then I'm going to introduce her. So Rachel is a radio host, a model, spokesperson and a fierce advocate for people with disabilities and particularly those with autism. She's a senior at the University of South Florida, double majoring in English and communications, and has created a non-profit, The Ability Beyond Disabilities, to inspire and help those that have challenges to strive for their dreams, as well as to educate those who might not understand the challenges faced. As an individual with autism, she often felt like she could not do many things. People with disabilities or anyone who is different are often targets for bullies, as she was, but because of her life and social experience, she has overcome so many challenges. Today, she's a spokesperson for the Centre for Autism and Related Disabilities at the University of South Florida, and she's also on their board. She also holds board positions at Unicorn Children's Foundation, the L Centre for Excellence, Culture City, as well as the Dysfraxia Foundation USA, all of which provide services to individuals with disabilities. Focus is now on bringing awareness to individuals and companies to provide an opportunity for employment for people on the spectrum. Rachel has performed the national anthem at major sporting events and at Madison Square Gardens. She's also spoken at the United Nations on World Autism Day and recently filmed a short documentary for Sephora. And there's a ton more we're going to hear about, I can tell you. She also has her own segment on a radio station in New York, and she's currently working on a set of a series of fantasy novels. And she's no stranger to beauty pageants and has just been named runner up Miss Florida. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You've certainly got an impressive list of things that you are doing can do and are up to oh yeah I mean the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and I'm very proud to say that because it just shows that just because you have a disability it should not limit you at all absolutely and you haven't let it limit you it's um the things that you are doing is is just fantastic and I'm so proud of you and you know that you know you and I've known each other for a lot of years and I just think that you know I I keep watching everything you're doing and it's just one thing after the other and all these things that a lot of people would not do you know or be too scared to do and you just say damn it I'm doing it and you you rock you rock (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. I mean, that's true in some way. I know that, for example, a lot of people were shocked to know that I do pageants. They always come up to me and say, well, why do you do this if you're autistic? Isn't that hard for you? And my whole life I had to say, no, I really love being on stage and it has helped me come out of my shell. Yeah, well, you wouldn't even know that you had autism. You know, I think that the the word autism conjures up things in people's minds, you know, that they think 
people with autism can't be in public and they can't be around crowds and they can't do all these things. But you have proven every single one of those things wrong. You know, you, you're just, you're incredible. You're absolutely amazing. So I want you to um, tell us about your journey, you know, so like you, you today you're a super confident person and you tackle anything but it wasn't always like that was it like you had a pretty hard time growing up tell us about your journey as a through childhood and you know how that felt to be on the autism spectrum and yeah I was not always a confident person I know that I was bullied a lot and autism wasn't as understood when I was a child as it is today. So people just looked at me and they were like, what's wrong with her? So I had to go through that a lot. And it was really worse when I was in middle school because that's the time when a lot of judgment comes. But that's when I started my platform, Ability Beyond Disabilities, because I saw so many people like me who were being bullied and I wanted to put a stop to it. You've also been named one of the top five most influential people um, with autism. I could not believe that. That was really, <laughs> really amazing for me. And I'm honored to be up there. And soon I will be having a Forbes article written about me. At least that's what I hear. I can't keep track of it. But because <laughs> because I hear that it's in the works and I would love to just take that step forward and come out of the autism bubble and bring my work to a greater um, stage, I guess, to show people that I'm serious and I'm here to help people nationally. Yeah, well, I think you're well on your way to that because being in the top five most influential people, uh, that this is in the world we're talking about. So I think you're already, you know, making making waves and you're making making a big mark in the world. Otherwise, people wouldn't be calling you that. You know, you 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 just you you're absolutely showing that autism is not a barrier. You know, when you talked about earlier about you know being bullied, um, there's a couple of instances that you know I, I was watching a documentary about you not long ago, and I I, you, I was in tears. You know, it was was extraordinarily sad and one of them was tell us about the as long as you don't mind talking about it but tell us about the time when you you the a dog was the only friend you had oh i'm going to be writing about that and that's something that i am getting to it is really really a pivotal turning point in my life I was in kindergarten and we always had recess of course but there were woods where we played and there was a stray dog but you know nobody really wanted me to play with them and I want to talk about that but I saw this dog and it wasn't a big one it was a tiny one I forgot what breed it was but he was just so friendly and I would play with it and one day everybody found out and they just gathered around me. I was stimming, you know, all the typical stuff. And they just took this big, really, really big stick and they started beating it to death because they said, okay, you're autistic. You're not going to cry if this dog dies. And then that was it. Oh. And that just, I think that was a turning point for me too. I didn't realize it at that point, but I mean, that shouldn't be happening. And kids go through that stuff every day and way worse. And that's mm. another reason why I started Ability Beyond Disabilities, because we need to stand up for kids and adults too. Mm. We absolutely do. And we absolutely need to stop um you know, tormenting and bullying people that are different. It's just, you know, and it's not different. It's not different like it's a bad different. It, it, we should be celebrating differences. You know, everybody brings something to the stage, don't they? Absolutely. And I think we're well on our way to celebrating differences, but it's 
in a very small sort of niche crowd. And I think that we need to bring that more to a bigger, more accepting light. More people need to do it. And it shouldn't just be a special kind of people doing it. No, I agree. I used to do a lot of work with um, people with autism and still do a bit. And, you know, one thing that would bother me, especially in the schools, is that and and I've got a couple of um, nephews too that are on the spectrum. And it's what what bothers me is how kids, you know, uh, a lot of kids with autism or on the spectrum will, will get triggered by things, but the other kids stir them up, you know, constantly, constantly stir them up um, until they and you know until they uh, react. And that happened to you quite a bit, didn't it? People just constantly poking at you and. Yeah, now that I'm trying to remember, it did happen a lot, and people would always poke at me until I did something, and I know that a lot of, there was this boy, he'd always be like, Rachel, look, and see if I looked, and then everybody would just laugh at me, because most normal kids would not do that, but I always thought there was something behind me, and I mean, for a reason, too, I was always worried something was behind me because I would hear things. There was something always behind me. I knew there was something there, and I thought he was just warning me. But nobody really knew about my situation. They just wanted to make fun of me. Hmm. It's just shocking, isn't it? And I don't want to go on about the bullying for too long because I want to um, celebrate your amazing things. But I, I do think it's, I do think this is part of your story, and people need to understand that it's not okay, you know, and that we all need to step up. And if we notice things, we need to say things because people like you, anybody, you know, like I'm not just saying people like you with autism, but anybody, you know, people who are who are seen to be different in any way and shouldn't be looked at like that are, are picked. On so much and bullied and there's such a high rate of suicide you know and we need to we need to stop and and those of us um, observing it or hearing about it we need to step up we need to to step in and and make a difference the other thing that you talked about too in your past is going to a, a Christian school which um, while you were there you were called a terrible name weren't you yes I was I was called the devil's daughter, Satan herself. I mean, it was just really terrible. And the sad thing was is that I was supposed to go there because my family was sold the sort of promise that I would be taken care of. But that's how they get you in, right? But this Mm. is where I actually sort of found my purpose. Everybody has their own little clique. And if you don't fit in, you're going to get made fun of. But this goes beyond just average middle school stuff. It's just the way of the church. And I saw people with disabilities trying to be cured and I didn't I was one of them and I just didn't like that and that's why I wanted to sort of have my own movement. I mean, I wanted to write about that when I when I write a memoir about me because that's like a whole can of worms I could go into. It's just a really big turning point. Mm. Yeah, and you are going to write a memoir, or you've started writing a memoir. I want to talk about that um, very soon. But, you know, this, I want to just point out all this, um, you know, just I'd like to leave this bullying uh, part. And it's, it's, I I want it to, I hope people have listened to what you've said and, and really understand how much it impacts somebody. You're one of the strong ones. You've made your way through it, but a lot of kids don't. And, and it can have a really, really, a significant detrimental effect on people, you know, going into their adulthood and causing a lot of dysfunction. So thank God for you, you know, raising awareness and being honest and being open about everything that's happened to you. It just brings it to the surface, doesn't it? Yes, I'm really thankful for that. I mean, I I know I would come home crying every day, but I never once thought of shooting up a school. And I'm just so thankful 
for that. And I think what really helped me was writing down my feelings because I do love to write and that mm. just really gets the frustration out. Mm. And speaking of you saying, you know, you love to write, we are going to get to your books. But first, when you were three, because you had autism, your parents were told that you would never talk and that you would never have a formal education. And now look at everything you're doing. Yeah, I still remember that day when I was in preschool, I was surrounded by doctors everywhere and they just flat out told us she's not going to have anything in life. She won't talk. She's not going to graduate high school, everything. Pretty much any bad thing I can remember. It was just, it was degrading, but... I, I thank my mom for being proud of me, and she made sure that I succeeded. I'm about to graduate college, and I really apply myself whenever I like to do something, so I'm also proud of myself. Oh, and you should be proud of yourself. Wow, it's just incredible. But, you know, they, they say all this, that you would never do this and never do that, and you, you you're at university now, you know, and you've got a heap of scholastic awards and honours and you, you hold leadership roles. You've founded your own not-for-profit. You've, got, you've done a ton of community service. You know, you've, you've, you've written. I mean, it, it, the, the list goes on and on and on. So how many families do you think are, are, have got a child with a disability and they're told that child will be nothing and they believe the doctors? How often do you think that happens? Well, I think it happens every day, and I've seen it with my own eyes because I have been fortunate to be part of several autism groups, and the parents come to us, and they just want an answer. They come to us saying, oh, my child has been diagnosed. I don't know what to do, and I love being able to help. And once I tell them my story and the stories of other wonderful people I've encountered, for example, I always talk about when I went to the UN and there were these people who couldn't even speak, but they gave wonderful, impactful speeches just by computer and they, they could do that. And I see the tears in their eyes. And that's what I live for. Wow. Wow. And your your mum, and this is another thing too, you know, some parents are told they can't do something, but and, and sometimes the parents believe it, but not your mum. You know, you're, you talk about your mum in such a great way and you've got such a lovely relationship with your mum. You know, I she's just a beautiful woman. I, I remember meeting you two for the first time and the love between you is is so obvious and so wonderful and she supports you 100 percent. and there was a, an article I was reading about you just recently and it talked about your mum you know that that how much she believes in you and she says Rachel's so confident in her own abilities in the future and your mum says she will work in radio she will have a modeling career she will build that school for children with special needs she will use her platform for change you know and while you've got a mum in your corner who's saying those things and backing you that makes a big difference doesn't it it really does and I also think my dad supports me too because he's he has the whole mentality of you are going to do it and do it now and I really I really like that because that has pushed me to accomplish so many things but I think that with parents out there, we need to get rid of the whole mentality of, oh, my kid is disabled, he's not going to do anything better, or he's worth nothing now, because that is not true. There's nothing more precious than a child or a young adult, because they're in this world and they're made for something. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Wow. So we've got, you know, we've got this um, a kid who's she's never going to be anything. She's never going to make it. Had to endure all this bullying and go through school. Now, then you've ended up at universe in university. You know, what, what a fantastic feat that is in itself. But now let's talk about all of the amazing things, you know, that, that you're doing. So 
you you talked about before you know you you they're working on a an article for you for Forbes but I also heard Marie Claire is that true that is correct at least that's what my mom tells me <laughs> I mean she likes to be my manager and she tells me I have all this stuff and I can't keep track of it but I'll just go off of that <laughs> um yeah Marie Claire and Forbes are interested in writing an article about me and that's what I mean by getting it onto a bigger stage. My mission is to show more people outside of our community that I am serious and I am here to help because I've already done well with bringing my platform to the national and international level. So why not? Let's do this. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> and you've already do you've done that um, a documentary for Sephora as well and that was um really wonderful i'm what i'm going to do at the end of this is i'm going to post when we post this on the the um internet you know upon apple i'm going to put the links to those videos of you so that people can you know see you in person uh talking about your story you, you just um yeah and people are interested in you rachel because you you articulate really well how it feels to be on the spectrum but also you advocate um, exceptionally well you know that that for, you make people's ears prick up you make people stand up to attention and say wow what's this about it's great well, I'm so glad that is something that I love doing and I'm glad people love to listen oh we do and you you and and again going back to that well she'll never talk but you sing you actually sing and my god you have got a voice that is sounds like a thousand angels singing it is oh. incredible and well, it's amazing and you, so you've sung at um Madison Square Gardens at the Mermaid Theatre in London and Yankee Stadium and a whole stack of other places how how does that feel to be in front of crowds so massive Oh my, it, it was lovely. And I haven't sang in a long, long time because of quarantine. I'm currently trying to find an opera t teacher and I think I've been successful, but I'm focusing on other things at the moment, but I will, I will. But my point still stands. It has been really hard, but let's just go back to that. Wow. I love being in front of so many people. And my mom looks at me, she's like, why? I would have fainted, <laughs> but I don't. I love being in front of those people. Everything just goes away and I feel like I'm at home. Wow. Oh, I know that feeling. I'm a stage person too. And I that feeling is incredible. Public speaking and being on stage is the, the, it's the scariest thing for most people. But I think if you're a stage person, you know, it's just, it's home, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I've always been a stage person. Even when I was little, I just wanted everybody to listen to the stories I wrote. And I used to write little plays for my family. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all the all the little concerts that little girls do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, you um, where did you get your singing voice from then? Well, that's really no nobody in my family is musical, but my dad sings sometimes. But I I don't know if he can do it professionally or not. <laughs> it's not really my taste. <laughs> How does he does he sing in the shower? Yeah, he sings everywhere. He sings out in the yard, in the shower, just wherever. But it's just, it's not my type of music. It's more like a jazzy sort of thing. And it's <laughs> not. Not for you. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And you are working on a documentary for next, you're going to produce a documentary for Netflix next year. That is correct. I am producing a documentary and it is meant to highlight the positive aspects of those with autism because more often than not, we are shown so many 
documentaries and even media about autism and it's all negative and very stereotypical we've seen this with rain man at its earliest mm. and it's just we want something different so this documentary is going to show what we have accomplished how we're getting jobs what we've done and i'm just gathering a bunch of lovely individuals to be in it as well oh that's fantastic well you'll have to let us know when that comes out so we can advertise that okay <laughs> i think it's uh, it's it's amazing what's the common thing that people say to you like are they shocked do they say oh you've got autism i didn't realize or <laughs> well, I get a lot of stuff, um, the, and it's really bad. I mean, the most common thing is you don't look autistic, and that just hurts me because what is autism supposed to look like? Mm. And I, I know one thing that was really funny. So when I was first starting college, there's this TV show called Rick and Morty. And then I told one of the kids in my group that I had autism. And then he's like, oh, my God, like, Rick, that's so cool. And I, I know he meant well, but it, it was embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, God. And you're right. What does it look like? When I, when I used to teach, I used to teach people to work with people with disabilities. And, you know, we used to, I used to always pose the question that about, do you think it's better to look like you have a disability or, or to have a disability and not look like it? And they used to, everybody used to get, I don't know, I don't know, you know, it would be better to not look like it. But in actual fact, for people with autism who who don't look like they've got a disability, you know, and I don't mean that in a terrible way for other people, but it, it there's higher expectations. Do you know, people expect um, so much more from you and then they get shocked. And as you say, it's hurtful. You know, it's really, really hurtful. It's funny how we um, have our own set of standards and our expectations, isn't it, about how people should be? Absolutely. And I think from my perspective, people expect a lot more from you because you pass as neurotypical and everyone expects you to fit in. You're supposed to do this and do that. But it's, in my opinion, it's a lot easier to just look like you're autistic and then everyone says, oh, he, he or she's autistic. Mm. But when you look like me, nobody really can tell and they don't know that you're hurting on the inside mm. and then when you stim they're like what's wrong with her she's just she wants attention mm. and that hurts me yeah explain stimming for people who um don't understand it well there, stimming is a variety of movements that you do when you experience emotions there's so there's happy stimming there's sad angry I know that one for me is that I do a lot of stuff with my hands I'll just sort of it's hard to see when it's not on camera but I I'll just wiggle them or when I'm happy I'll do like sort of a flapping or beating on my chest like percussions mm. and people people judge you for that I know they would judge me for that because I'm I'm supposed to be perfect. I'm supposed to be this sort of I don't perfect person, I guess, but nobody is perfect. Mm, no, exactly right. And it's um it's actually it's nice I think it's nice to see people stemming, you know, because it's it's I feel happy that they can at least get their emotions out in a physical way, you know, and then not holding them in, blocking it blocking it so but it's a shame that not everybody accepts what's what's happening around them so one of your focuses is to help people with autism or to raise awareness for individuals and companies so that they can have employment how, how do you go about that okay well this is something I do using my non nonprofit. so I've done a lot to raise awareness for jobs and helping people with autism get jobs. And one of the things I did was when I was, I had my second job, woo, 
go me. <laughs> so <laughs> good on you. I mean, I have a history, and I I was all what I always took advantage of this by educating my bosses and the people around me. So when I had my first job was was teaching people at my former high school, I always made things better for the people who had disabilities. And I told them that they could do this, they could do that. And I always thought of ways to help the students. I recommended them to my boss. And even though that job was short-lived, I moved on to my second job at a Glazer Children's Museum in Tampa. And I was there for the longest time, but I created a program called Sunshine Sunday. And that was for kids to enjoy our museum and this in a sensory friendly environment. However, this also attracted a lot of autistic workers because I went back there and I was like, there's a lot of people with autism there. And it seemed like there's a lot more equal opportunity now. Mm. Wow, that's wonderful. And the Tampa, you're from uh, Tampa Bay in Florida. And I, when I was over there last year, I went to the Tampa Bay. Is it the history, the historical museum or the history museum? Oh. And, and they have... Um, well, okay. Well, we have a lot of museums. There's the yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, there is the history museum, but that's not the one. It's next to the history museum. This is the children's museum, but it is very historical. I mean, it's been there for a long time, and it's right in the district where we have our Gasparilla Pirate Festival. And I really, really like that. But it's just, I, I, I don't know. I love it. It's really, really fun. You're so excited. I love, I love the enthusiasm in your voice. When, but I was going to say when, yeah, it's the history museum I was thinking of. I went there when, when I was over there, and they were doing um, a lot for. Um, visitors with autism you know they were having uh sensory days you know they they they'd done so much work and so it seems like in um Tampa Tampa Bay like there's a lot of effort being put in around the town you know to try and cater for people with autism yeah in Tampa we are making a conscious effort to help with the disability community and right now I am I am working with the volunteer board, I guess, or at least trying to. I don't know if I got the job yet, fingers crossed. <laughs> but but I'm going to help with that and I I have so many ideas, but I know that the mayor sees my value. Mm. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. And and I'm just laughing because you're saying you know, that that will happen. And you know what? It will happen because yeah, well. you, you're so determined and you do get everything that you, you try to do. You're just, you're incredible. Tell us about the novels that you're writing, the fantasy novels. Oh, dear. So I have a complicated history with writing as well. I know I showed you my fantasy novels, but yeah. I put the I put those on hold because I go to a lot of writing conferences and I ask around, you know, it's always good when you're a writer to have people give you opinions. And uh, a lot of people told me that I should write a memoir because a lot of people in our community need to hear my story. And at first I was like, I don't believe that. I mean, I'm only 23 years old. I haven't lived anything, but I was writing down some ideas and there was at least a hundred pages of them. So I thought, okay, well, I might have something here. So I just thought, okay, I'll put the fantasy stuff on hold for a while because that requires a lot of effort. And I know I can do it, but a lot of people really are interested in me and I want to give it to them. Oh, they, you, you say that you're only 23 and you don't have much 
of a history and you don't have much to share, but you do. And it's, it's incredibly rich. You know, the information is so helpful to people. And you, as I said before, you can articulate in such a wonderful way that you can really, really show people what it's like, you know, to be on the spectrum and what it's like to go through things. And, but not, not just that, also how to help you know, how to be a better supporter of people with autism. I, th- I think you have, you've got so much more to offer than you realise. It's what you've got is so incredible. It's so incredible. Yeah, and I was doing more research and you don't really see many autism books written by people with autism. And if you do, they're really not... Um, I wasn't really entertained by them or they're not really telling that much of a story or I I don't know, just, I'm just being honest, (laughs) but I think, I think I could try. And I did. I mean, I, I contributed to an anthology called this is autism where I sort of did a trial version of my story and it's on Amazon right now. And I'm so proud to have done that. Wow, that's fantastic. And yeah, I remember, you know, we've known each other for years, but uh, last year was the first time I got to meet you in person. And I remember, you know, I was running a get off the bench workshop that you were at and um, you were booming. You you were just so far ahead. You just kept going ahead. And I just loved it. You had so much enthusiasm. And then you showed me your, the novel that you'd been writing. And I was wow I was blown away and not because you've got autism I was blown away just at the just at the quality that it was an exceptional novel exceptional writing you just you know it's amazing the gift it's such a gift you've got to share with people thank you those characters are still there (laughs) they're clawing away at my head and they'll get out someday (laughs) good on you (laughs) that's good Uh, and you just came back from the Miss Florida pageant how did you go with that I did I got first runner-up and that is that's technically winning because that is such a hard pageant and usually if you get first runner-up your first time you'll win the next time if you try really, really hard, and it really wasn't my fault because I only had four weeks to prepare, and usually you you train for a year, and if I did that, I would have won. (laughs) I'm sure, and I think you'll win next year because you've already made your mind up, haven't you? I want to try again, And I just, I want to win because you get to go to Las Vegas and you get to compete on Elvis's stage. And I want to win for my dad because he loves Elvis. Wow. Wow. And, but you currently, what are you now? Miss Tampa Bay? Is that what you are now? Miss Tampa. Miss Tampa. How's that? And, And so how did you, how did you compete for that? Well, I competed at the local level. It was in my town, and I won Miss Tampa. Then I went to the state pageant in Orlando at the at the West Gate, and it was so fun. It's the one with the arcade. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I loved – that was the real prize because I love old video games, but – I, I love that, but I'm, I'm proud to represent a city that is so diverse and is inclusive towards people like us, so that's okay. Mm, that's good. And if you were to win Miss Florida, what happens then? You then compete for Miss America. Is that what happens, or Miss USA? Um, no. Uh, actually, if you win um, Miss Florida, you go to Miss World. Ooh, so... There's a bit of a bit of a challenge there for you now, isn't there? Yes. So, because because they already know that you're from America. Oh well, that's true. I thought I thought you might have to. All the states in America might have to compete to get one Miss USA, and then then go to Miss World. I actually forgot. So, oh well, my mom's gonna. Give me a talking to. Like, you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who cares? It's so good because you've, you just, 
you've got your mindset on whatever you put your whatever you put your mind to, you're just going to achieve. And I, I can't admire you more for being like that. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you, you um, rescue dogs. You've got a few dogs at your house, haven't you? I do. I have my service dog named Harvest, and there's Lucy the Multipoo, and the Sharpay sisters, Roycey and Ruffles. <laughs> and what do you use a service dog for? How, how does your service dog help you? Um, he helps me with seizures. Yeah. So how does he help? Oh, well, I had one recently, and he he alerts everyone in the house. I know that one was really bad because everyone in the house was just outside. So he was just barking, and then everyone came rushing back, and they saw that I was on the floor. And so that was useful. Then he lays on top of me. To protect you or to keep you calm? Both. Does he um, alert people or alert you when he knows, a, does he know a seizure's coming on or does he just alert once you've had one? Um, when I've had one, I'm pretty good at knowing when they come. Mm. Oh, wow, that's amazing. A lot of people have got service dogs and they're very, very valuable. And, and what do you do? What's your role on the uh, board at University of South Florida? Oh boy. Well, it's complicated because I just resigned as my position of secretary. I've been working at, geez, I, I think it was eight years. Wow. I don't know. I mean, it's complicated because I, if you think about it, I, I started working there in middle school so I just did little odd jobs. And then when I was old enough to work at 18, I started as secretary. So I don't think that was eight years. I just resigned right now. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Ah, because you're too busy. <laughs> you, you, your mind is so... What's the, what's the um, greatest honor do you think you've received? Like the best compliment, the best award, the best, you know, the one that's made you feel the best? I have no idea. Um, well, I'm thinking uh, out of all the things I've done, well, there, there's been a lot of things. I mean, I really like when people tell me that, oh, you give my child hope, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to think. No, I put you on the spot. I just... I, it really isn't. I, I mean, I love hearing that from parents because I just I love that I can change someone's entire viewpoint. You go from having a parent think this is my child, this is their fate and they're not going to be anything. But then I can give a speech and then they think, oh, my kid can be an astronaut or a ballerina. And that just makes my day. And mm. they tell me that. And that just is everything. Wow. That's, that is so important. If you had the biggest stage in the world and the whole world was listening to you, what do you think you'd be telling them? Oh, well, I don't think anything can top the UN. <laughs> well, you, you did have that stage, didn't you? I did. And mom tells me that we're going to go back once this virus is over. And I really hope that that happens because I have a lot to say. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> That's wonderful. How do you think with the, you know, with the coronavirus, how do you think, has that impacted you or other people you know that have got autism? Has, has it created some, um, you, you know, isolation problems, do you think? Well, I'm actually quite introverted, so it really hasn't impacted me in that respect, but the masks have definitely impacted me because it's a sensory issue, and I, re I really don't like them on my face. I can't breathe in them, but a miracle happened when I went to the pageant because they had these masks that were clear, and I could breathe, and I could read people's facial expressions, and it was like, 
everything makes sense, I would wear these all the time. So I just think that should be enforced. I think we should have those. That That's a problem, isn't it? Because over here at the moment, we're in stage four restrictions, you know, so and everybody has to wear masks, you know, wearing that they're in public. But there's a, quite a few people that can't wear them, you know, for, for medical reasons or for sensory reasons. It's quite a, an issue. And also I've got, you know, friends that are hearing impaired and people wearing masks, you know, they can't see what the other person's saying. They can't lip read them. So yeah, there are some problems, aren't there? But at the same time, we want, we don't want people running out around without masks on. So it's a, it's quite a difficult situation, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like the whole mask thing is in itself very ableist and no one is thinking of that. My mom is deaf and she can't hear people with the mask on and and it's it's really frustrating to me. Nobody is thinking of us. It's a really complicated issue, isn't it? They say that it doesn't the masks stop the spread um but but then it is also disabling a lot of people. So it's 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 I don't think there's a perfect answer to that. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid to speak out on it because I I realize the health benefits of it and I want to keep people safe, but on the other hand, it's hurting our community. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. Well, I think that there I think you can speak out on it. I think that it's um you know, I think all of these things can there's a place for uh, rational conversation. I really do. Yes, I really do like rational conversation as long as people can keep it level-headed and not really attack me like some I I get that sometimes then I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing um an incredible incredible job. I just um you know, you you've I've always admired you and I always keep seeing you doing these amazing things and you're just such a strong advocate, such a strong advocate. But it's not just you using your voice. You're not just saying, "Hey, everybody, you should believe in people with autism." You're actually doing it. You know, you're actually showing people that hey, this can be done. And and you're doing it in such a, a a glorious way. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I try. Oh, you do you do wonderfully well. A bit better than trying. You do amazingly. Now, this um podcast is about uh, called Get Off the Bench. So it's tries to, I try to inspire people to um, kickstart projects or to get something out of their head, you know, and get moving. And you've set up your not for profit, and you you get off the bench in so many ways you know whenever you want to do something you just go ahead and do it it's it's amazing what advice would you give to people if they've got something in their head and they want to do it but they're too worried about getting started oh well my advice would be to not give up and actually i've encountered so many people that want to do something but they're too afraid there's so many things that are holding them back and it's the fear that holds them back they think oh i want to do this but someone tells me i can't do that society tells me that this is stupid and i would look stupid doing this but i say to throw that in the trash who cares what people think? It's all about what you want to do. Ah, that's wonderful advice. I love that. I love that throw it in the trash. I might I might keep that and use that. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. And where can people find you if they want to look you up or, or your website and everything else? Where, where can they find you? Well, I have a lot of places you can find me. I am mostly active on Instagram. It is just my name, Rachel Barcelona. And if you want to find me on Facebook, my page is called Rachel Barcelona Ability Beyond Disabilities. Fantastic. And it's it's. I'll just spell your name. So Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, and Barcelona is B A R. C-E-L-L-O-N-A. Now, you also have your um, website, which is rachelbarcelona.com. That is correct. Yep, and there's some good information on there. Um, are you on LinkedIn? 
Oh, yeah, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there if you so wish. I would be happy to connect with you. <laughs> You're amazing. You're such a sweet, wonderful person. I'm so, so, so proud to have you in my my circle of friends. And I'm just, um, just so honoured. And I'm so honoured that you've agreed to come onto this podcast today and have a chat and, and that you're so open about autism. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. You just you, you just make me smile all the time. Your stories about the dog and that sort of stuff didn't make me smile. They make me very, very sad. But the way you process things and the way you share things and the way you're so um, just so raw and, and vulnerable about sharing things, you, you, you make me smile so much because you're just you're just such you get to the truth straight to the truth and it's just so warm and welcoming well that makes me so happy oh good i'm glad right well it's um it's night time where you are over in florida and a lovely sunshiny day for me so i should let you uh go and finish your night off but rachel thank you so 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 much for um sharing this time with me and my wonderful audience Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, good morning or good night or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful. All right, well, I'll let you go and uh, thank you very much again and we'll catch up again soon. All right, I'd be happy to. Bye-bye now. See ya, bye-bye. Oh, wow, how was that? Like I tell you, that's just, um, this is what the world needs. You know, it needs people that, can articulate and advocate for people who are seen as less than, which is ridiculous. You know, it, it's we're so quick to judge people about what we think their abilities are and their capabilities. And we're, we're not always right. In fact, most of the time we're wrong. And, you know, if only we could really see each person for who they truly are, and if only we could you know, if, if each individual could shine their light as brightly as possible and be who they truly are, and, the, and we could respect people for that and appreciate people for that, and you imagine the world we would live in. I'm so damn proud of Rachel, and I'm so, so happy that there are people like her getting out there speaking up for other people. But speaking of getting off the bench, seriously, you know, Rachel was told, as we said in the interview, at three and her parents were told she'd she'd never talk and she'd never have an education and look what she's done and she's just evidence that you can go against the odds and you know when there are people around you telling you you can't do things like Rachel said throw that in the trash and and just get up and believe in yourself because we're all amazing human beings and we're all we've all got so many gifts and so many talents and the world really needs that we've got. So anyway, I'm not going to I'm going to stop banging on about that, but again, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, for listening, supporting, and I really hope you got a lot out of Rachel this week. Anyway, I'll see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.